Welcome to another episode of Awood Gaming, episode 30. I'm your host, Perry, and today we have Jordan Simpson. He's back, guys. What's up? How you been, bro? Uh, playing Xenoblade. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it goes straight from Zelda to, what, Pokemon to Mario in, like, four days, because I didn't want to put it down, because this came out three days later. Yeah, big Nintendo fan, of course. We all know, going back to episode 19, we, like... Popcorn, pickles, and drinks. So, what have you been playing here recently, then, besides, be, before we get to the top of the hour of Xenoblade? Um, I've been playing, alright, off Nintendo, I've played some League of Legends of late, um, Fortnite took my attention for a little bit, that's addicting. So, how do you feel about Fortnite? Fortnite, I'm gonna have to agree with a friend of mine on this, Campers are going to succeed at that game, but it is so much fun to not run in and try and play it like the Hunger Games. Let's not kill each other right off the bat, because you've got 100 people, and you're one of them. 99 other people will kill most of the 99 other people. Damn. So I'm just going to, like, I think my fourth or fifth match, I had come across a sniper rifle, and that's when I knew this game you could play at long range. Did I win? No. I made it top 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still got my ass handed to me, and it was funny. I, I want to hope. Because uh, it doesn't tell you that I've seen so far who won the match. There was somebody that was just building a house in the last small circle in the center of the map. So Damn. They, yeah, they had to shoot through to kill that player. But they had the right idea. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's crazy because like, some people say like they prefer PUBG over Fortnite. Can you... I haven't played PUBG yet, but I feel like that's one of the new directions we're going to be going with gaming. Um obviously after MOBAs. All right, we'll, we'll go back into uh, first-person shooters started this player-versus-player player love, and then you had... Uh, and that brought up, I feel like, the fighting game genre because it brought up that competitive scene. Games like Halo, Doom, Unreal brought up the fighting games with them and that made competitive gaming more of a thing. But yeah, this 100-player multiplayer competitive scene of PUBG, Fortnite, I think that's where we're going to go after MOBAs. Mm, so do you see like games like Monster World per... Maybe Monster, going Monster, that way, Monster potentially. Hunter, Monster Hunter World, I don't see... I feel like it's... All right, we'll, we look back at Elder Scrolls. And Elder Scrolls made its online game. Thankfully, from what I've been told, uh, Monster Hunter World won't have microtransactions. Thankfully, that's a bad thing to have in your game. I see Monster Hunter World being comparable to the Elder Scrolls online. Okay. They're trying to branch out into the market. And that's a rare blade. Uh, as he uh, Jordan's actually playing uh, Xenoblade 2 I don't want to put it down <laughs> he can't put it down he's actually playing it on my screen that's the power of the switch of being able to dock it whenever you want and he looks like he's going to kick somebody oh yeah oh my god Godfrey <laughs> if you can look up this blade as everybody knows Xenoblade 2 Xenoblade Chronicles 2 my fault guys came out Friday it's probably the one of the most anticipated Nintendo games of the year besides Zelda and Mario, or maybe even Splatoon. Uh, I knew I was looking forward to it. <laughs> like, when they first announced it back in January, I was like, oh, Xenoblade Chronicles is back? Okay, I don't care. <laughs> so, you were talking about microtransactions. How do you feel about games such as Star Wars Battlefront 2 and, let's say, Call of Duty... With their whole, or even NBA 2K. Halo like, 5, games like that. Where, yeah. Alright, so in some games, we have to look at it from the perspective, I feel like, of in some games it's going to work for you, in some games it's not. In general, though, I don't feel like it's something that you want to turn to 
Uh, like, all right, we can look at Neverwinter. Neverwinter is a buy-to-win kind of game, from what I understand. I haven't picked it up. I've only heard people that I know that play a lot of MMOs talk about how it's a, play, a pay-to-win game. You have games, I feel like, where you're sinking money into it, where if you raise your skill cap personally, you get better at it. And then I feel like with games like NBA, what is it that you buy with your money? I uh, don't actually know. You buy, you can buy a haircut. You can buy actual skill points, like to make your overall player better. So, or you can buy like a house, but that costs like VC. And what VC entails is that you you pay like twenty bucks for get like ten thousand VC. I, I'm just getting off with the stats with that, but like it's just that much to be able to put into like certain thing is like. You, you had to pay to get a haircut. So in a way, we're looking at it as... With certain games, you're paying for... I'm trying to think of how to word this. You're paying for... The benefit of making your game experience a little easier. Making it more convenient. So it's pay pay for convenience. Versus you can still earn these items in-game, right? Normally. Yes. Yeah, so you're paying for the immediacy. Mm-hmm. Which you know, a lot of people in the in today's society, they want that immediate gain. So that's one way I feel like either you can look at it as an, a, an exploit by developers and publishers, or you can look at it as something that you're satisfied by. You know, mm-hmm. you're getting what you want when you want it at your pace. So either you unlock. I mean, I do the same thing with League of Legends. Don't doubt me here on this. Okay. Because uh, I mean, it sounds like I'm bashing it, but I, I'm as vulnerable as anybody else with it. Because I see it as a vulnerability sometimes. In League, I've probably dropped way too much money. And I mean, I don't want to play it all the time because they're only going to sap my life force from me. Mm-hmm. I've gotten almost, what, 200 skins and almost every champion in the game, and most of them I did not earn with Riot Points. I mean, yeah. not Riot Points, but with uh, Blue Essence now is what it is. I outright bought them so I could play them and learn them. So, I mean, it, it really goes on to what you want out of the game at what speed you want out of it. Though with MMOs and multiplayer games like that, like Monster Hunter... What I was hearing was rumor of uh, you could pay for extra item drops or pay for an increased chance at rare item drops, and that's one way you kill a game like that. Because Monster Hunter is a skill-based MMO in this sense. I mean, right now it's an action-adventure RPG, but if you're taking it into the MMO format, which is what I hear they're wanting to do with Monster Hunter World eventually, then yeah. I mean, we've seen a Monster Hunter MMORPG over on the Asian servers. And it had microtransactions, from what I understand. And it was okay, and that's what people want here. I'm just waiting because it's inevitable before Nintendo gets it back on their hands. I mean, we won't see World on the Switch, but Capcom came out and said they make their Monster Hunter game for the console they're looking at, and Monster Hunter World wasn't made for the Switch. Okay. It was this The power that they want to put out with this game is was made for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. So. But it's only a, a PlayStation exclusive, which is kind of crazy. Isn't that a PlayStation exclusive? I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, it, no. It really? Came, yeah, it came out PS4 and PC, and now it's PS4, PC, and Xbox, with PC getting a later release date. So it's going to release same time with PS4 and Xbox. Wow. And I know there's you know there's a lot of talk of um, you get Horizon Zero Dawn exclusive DLC for PlayStation. So people have, you know, made the comment, well, that's one more reason that you should go PlayStation for this game. You're only paying for something really that's cosmetic. I mean, a handful of the armors from DLC games in the Nintendo times, a handful of them are good. Like the recent iteration, which was Generations, Fire Emblem's, you know, Marth armor. You wanted to grind that out. That was endgame armor, and it was great. You didn't get it at the beginning of the game, and the skills on it were used in mix sets later on. 
So, I mean, if you want to rejoice over Aloy's armor and bow, that's cool. However, what's to stop them from making a light bow gun or a heavy bow gun and putting you in Master Chief's armor and Marcus Phoenix's armor over on the Xbox? So yeah. it's, it's just, what do you want from the game? PlayStation, I feel like, will have more players. Microsoft will have stronger servers. Yeah, I get what you're saying, because they've always been known for servers. But, like, you were saying, like, progression-wise, and, like, have you heard the hoopla over Battlefront 2? No, actually. Okay, so the the there's no way around it. The loot box system is just completely terrible, and like the more they try, dice try to go back and change it because they're like, well, we're trying to listen to the players. But Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader are in it, are in it, but to grind it out to get one of them, it would take forty hours of gameplay each, like each. So it's like, <laughs> dang. So that's a lot. So it's more beneficial for you to pay to get that player. So what they did in the end is that they just went ahead and took their own other microtransactions to review it. Like, the day it came out. They like, took away their microtransactions? Took, took, took it away completely. Like, I was thinking about getting the game because I was thinking it was a game I could review. I like Star Wars. It's supposed to be a really good story. They got a story. But, like, when you hear that the story's not as good... It's just like, well, should I really invest into it if I gotta pay this much money in to be able to play with just Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker? Like, you better be some <laughs> cool ass Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader. But yeah, this is it was just that crazy that we're seeing pay to win happen more frequently in video games, and which could really uh, hurt the overall industry. No, I feel like certain game type, like main IP names. Are going to suffer from it. I mean, you have to look at. It's all right, in my opinion, if you want to have a game where you have to put forty hours into earning something. I mean, this what, what I have right here. You're going to have to put in hundreds of hours into it. It's like an MMO, where if you want something bad enough, you'll earn it. Though I can also see if you want to have a speedway for somebody to get it, that's fine too. Looking at World of Warcraft, when they started that, you didn't have till. A couple expansions ago where you could you know hey well look you can make it to level 100 quickly to catch up to your friends because we're going to give you this level 90 character boost for free and if you want to buy another one and skip 90 levels then mm -hmm. you pay us like 45 55 60 bucks however now they're making it easier to level and the new expansion they said they're talking about if you actually level your character up naturally then they give you special stuff that way exclusively so it's like okay that makes you consider your options I feel like with it, with this kind of pay-to-win situation, the publishers and developers need to look at the player base and decide we need to give them more than either you put in a lot of time, which some people are not okay with it and some are, mm -hmm. to get this, or you pay this and we'll give it to you immediately. Give them other options. You know, maybe you can go ahead and buy Darth Maul right now with the double-bladed red lightsaber, but if you put your time into it, he can have a double-bladed purple. Why? Because it's just a cosmetic effect, but it would look really, really cool. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of crossing the boundaries because I know I'm not trying to touch, you know, Star Wars or somebody. Would, no, no, somebody could hang you for that. I feel like <laughs> just uh, it really, it really comes down to it. I mean, we've got cosmetic skins and stuff that you earn beta testing, playing so much. Like, look at Heroes of the Storm. You put so much time into one champion, you unlock all these skins that you can't buy, all these chromas that you can't buy in League by investing your time. You need to be able to give the players a reason to invest their time because for some people, throwing money at the problem to get what they need in the game 
they can do that faster in two weeks time than they could trying to fit in all the time they needed to get to where they are yeah and sometimes you know we have an un- uneven player base where you've probably heard and or seen in like games like call of duty where you log in your day one maybe you had to work and there's like a level 42 player yes. in your arena killing everybody oh yeah on day one yeah how would you feel you'd be like i'm gonna play this game I mean, like, that's how it is with 2K, though, is that, like, yeah. the first day, like, because, like, the average that you start off with 2K is 60, but, like, when they have this system, like, for your my player, that's what it's all based around, um, the VC is to make your player better, so what they do is they make you get all the VC, put it into all the stuff, day one, you're already level 86 overall, compared, so you just jumped up to level 80, 86 within, like, the first day, which is weird, it's, like, is there such thing as a grind anymore? So, yes, not. But, like, I can see, like, where some things are okay. Because, like, in the new Assassin's Creed, they have, like, these Helix credits. And, like, you can use it, like, to, like, buy three po- three points abilities for ability points. For, like, 200 Helix credits. Which is free. Like, you start off with 200 credits. But, like, they give you the option to buy more. Which is okay. It's understandable. But it's, like, it's a single-player game. It's not going to be that much of effective as a MMO, so is it okay? Really, at that point, even though it's single player, let me ask yourself. Let me ask this: Are you okay with spending your money and then putting more money into a game to essentially make the game ridiculously easy? Uh, I get where you're yeah, saying. Cause yeah, because me as a gamer personally, uh, and then we were talking about this before it started. I like finding the enemies that are way higher level than me and then taking them down. And right now it's like level 8 plus that I'm trying to hunt down on this game and find and beat tactically because I want their stuff before I get to that part of the game. Mm-hmm. That's how I get myself boosted. If you can play a game easy and you feel like you're accomplishing stuff as a gamer by being able to unlock everything right from the get-go and you feel superpowered, that's like playing games with all cheat codes on or going into a Pokemon game or something and hacking the Pokedex. Congrats. You've essentially either made your own game for yourself that's great or you ended up consequently ruining your game because are you playing it for the difficulty or you're just playing it to say you played it what what defines each person as a game yeah i get what you're saying because like i like i said i bought one of them because it's like not the ability points so it's like there's this part like where you have to like find the constellation but the only way you can find it is you come across it well, I don't have a lot of time on my hand just to, like, wander all over Egypt. So I just went ahead and just bought it for free so, like, so I can just find each star constellation. And it's still hard to find regardless. So I'm just like, okay. See, I feel like that's taking... that That's being presented with an option to be able to solve a problem. <laughs> that That's a good way of looking at it. Whereas you will have people that will just flat out purchase everything that they can. Start the game off at God mode. That's just. I mean, I like running through God mode after I learned, like I earned all of it. Though, for yeah, real. yeah. Like, Play God mode <laughs> after you've earned all of God mode. You can. I mean, you get what? We'll go with the. We'll make up a rule here. You get three silver keys, three unlocks per game. Like if things get hard, you've got three unlocks that you can get. Like in this situation, you got three runs that you can get three ability points each. That's nine. You're good. But if you sit there and pay all the money that you can to unlock all of this character's skills at level like one to ten, and you play through the game, that, 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 that's playing combo. <laughs> that's like playing Monopoly, except you put all the money on go, you pass the board once, and you're like, I'm done, I win. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's not okay. Do it. 
can't do it. No. <laughs> Where's your challenge? Come on. Now, we've been talking off air for a while because we're friends, of course. Um, mm-hmm. You, um, you're a big Pokemon fan. How yeah. do you feel about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? All right. I'm going to do a shout out to a very wonderful player in Korea. I would follow him on Twitter. His name's Sajun Park. I do agree. It was disheartening to read when I, when the reality hit. I read a comment from him on Twitter that said that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon could have been better off as a 9.99 DLC. I get that. Part of me wants to agree with that, because essentially now we have to go back through. Which I'm actually stepping off the competitive scene this year because there's other games that I want to play in my backlog of like 90 games that I haven't touched. I feel like what they've essentially done is you have to go back through if you want to be a competitive player. You have to unlock all of your items again, or you have to invest all of the time to trade them from one game to another, requiring two consoles, just to get them up there. Whereas we got to see an, the extra the extra storyline, mm-hmm. the, the the changes throughout the game were minor, until you see the extra story arc in the story, and then you have the post game, which was wonderful as well. Those were wonderful inclusions. Necrozma's new form was a wonderful inclusion. How they've changed it up and what they added was great. My only beef was you're going to be wasting all of the players' times to move all of these megastones and battle items over. So I wish there was a better way to do it, about, you know, an update for Pokebank where you can move them. But yeah, other than that, I loved it. I sat down and powered through it within a week because mm-hmm. obviously other things were going on in life, so I had to sit there and mediate that. But yeah, it's great. You can, it's again, I feel like we went back to uh, X, Y, Alpha, and Omega where you can have Sun, Moon, Ultra Sun, and Ultra Moon, and you can work through it and get almost every Pokemon. And that's how they intended it with those past four games in Generation 6. If you owned all four, then you can get it. And with this, you can run through the Ultra Wormholes, and you can find your legendaries that you're missing, or maybe missing, you know, however you look at it, and get them that way. But yeah, it's not a bad game, really. If you're a Pokemon fan or you're looking at getting back into it, that would be one of the ones I would say go for. Go for that one first, and over... uh... But you don't feel like you're missing a ton of much. You're not missing a whole ton. Um, If you want to keep up with events, because obviously uh, there's a website, Serebi, which is S-E-R-B-I-I dot net. Oh, yeah, I use that website. Yeah, that that website will tell you about upcoming events and stuff. If you want to keep up with current Pokemon events, then everything will be going to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, I feel like, Mm -hmm. with the direction it's already started. Which there's a whole list of events anyhow for the games are out. I mean, you can get Master Ball starting in January if you go ahead right now and you upload your code. You can get the Rock Rough. You can get a Hat Pikachu from a QR code. If you beat the game, if, well, if you beat the Elite Four, you can get a Deancey from Sun and Moon's QR code. Just, really? Yeah, all sorts of little things. If you bought the games digitally, you get 10 Quick Balls a game. If you bought the Veterans Dual Pack, you get 100 Pokeballs a game. There's all sorts of you know codes and gifts that they have in them. If you want to get back into the series, go for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. The stories are a little bit different. You can Wikipedia or YouTube and find out the differences. Mm. I mean, mainly it's this character going off to do that instead of this one. And who you battle at the end has changed a little bit. Okay, because like, I got to the Elite Four and I was like, I'm done playing this right now. <laughs> like A lot of people do that, I guess, with their Pokemon. Like, well, I made the Elite Four. I can just stop for just a <laughs> little bit. I, w- I will... <laughs> I will say, if, uh, if I had to, I would give a standing ovation to a person who could do a Nuzlocke with starting with just a Rowlet. And that's all you have in your party the entire game. And maybe, you know, as long, all right, as, long as the Rowlet doesn't faint, you can have five other Pokemon with you. If you start the game Rowlet, we call that hard mode. 
because he gets shit on the entire game. So if you can play the entire game, anybody, without that Rowlet fainting once, you've successfully completed a Nuzlocke on that game, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, it is so damn hard. Poor Rowlet, like... That's the green starter, right? Yeah, he's a little yeah, Alex. Alex starter, yeah. Yeah, he just gets shit on so bad. I feel bad for him. Why? Like, I would think that he's the coolest green he, he, uh, grass type, though. He's super, super cool and quirky as a Pokemon. I like how he does his little walk around and he turns his head and everything. It's just popular with super, super easy mode. If you want to go solo mode, you're going to go Litten. And, I mean, I'm a huge Litten fan. I was Team Litten in uh, Moon. And I've automatically, like, when I was playing through it, I'm like, hey, he didn't learn this here. This is making it even more convenient. I have a friend, though, who was playing Rowlet. Yeah, he hated that. It is. It's almost masochism. Because Rowlet's just not. There's so many Pokemon that, you know, in terms of what's going on. I mean, Rowlet gets what? You have your normal type, which you have to fight the guy with the Smeargle. So he's going to try and burn you. So hopefully, if you're going to do a Nuzlocke, you get lucky and you catch something to take out Smeargle. Because Rowlet versus an Ember, it's going to put it's going to put him out. Um, but isn't he a Grass Psychic? No, Rowlet's a Grass Flying, and then he evolves into a Grass Flying, and then in his final form is a Grass Ghost. Grass Ghost. Okay. Wow. So how does he get shit on? I feel like that's a great. No, Grass Grass alone has like five to seven weaknesses. Oh yeah, fire. And then <laughs> and then Ghost. I mean. Ghost, I think, is weak to white. Ghost types, uh, fairy types, psychic types. Yeah, so he does get shit on. That's actually a bad design, then, if you think about it. I just waltz through you with my Alakazam and call it a day, bro. (laughs) Just all all you have to do, just be the trainer who doesn't put the assault vest on your Rowlet. Put the assault vest on yourself and the safety goggles on the Rowlet. Pick it up and run it through the game. Just carry your <laughs> in your arms and tell him we will make it. It will be fine. Now, you said that you were stepping away from competitive gaming. What made you decide that? Is uh, it just that you just wanted to... Like, I'll still play multiplayer stuff. However, looking at a competitive scene, a lot of people come to the realization that if you want to be really, really good at one game, you're investing a lot of time into that one specific game. Like, right now, if I was playing some competitive Pokemon, wanting to get into the season for this 2018 season upcoming, I wouldn't be playing this. Which, I mean, I love playing this. He's playing Xenoblade. I love, like, I would not have unlocked who I unlocked here a moment ago. Uh, which, uh, I want to see that picture. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That looks like a badass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, I mean, he's, he's made of ice crystals. I mean, he's like the male version of Shiva with red and orange hair. <laughs> It's like if Ichigo and Shiva had a kid and he willed the giant axe, that's Godfrey. Uh, just, you don't get to enjoy as many other games as you want, and there's a huge backlog for me. Like, I wanted, I've worked on just things like League. I wanted to play more and more League. Pokemon, I wanted to step away from because at a certain point, when you're breeding and breeding and breeding Pokemon, you're either looking at it as, hey, it is either easier to hack, but I don't want to hack my Pokemon. So I want to commit and invest the time the right way, I feel like is how you would call it the right way, because cheating isn't cool. I would get really salty about that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just, you know, what do you want to do more? Do you want to be competitive, or do you want to enjoy games in the sense of, you know, last three years has been working on competitive Pokemon teams and whatnot, so why not take a break? Because like you said, you were on the coast at one point last year, right? Was it last year when you were on the coast? So, like... 
you saw it, so now it's like you can you have the opportunity again to do it. But like when we like this is such a great year to be a gamer. It's like do I just want to invest in one video game? Like you said, and like it's kind of like what people on Twitch suffer from a little bit too. Like we're like like we're for their channel just like they just play one game because a lot of people just like them to play that one game and it kind of makes it hard for them to step outside that boundary i mean you got to give shout outs to the guys who and girls who play competitive games yes we have for anybody who does not know there are female professional gamers oh yeah hell yeah hell yeah and on twitch i uh, love watching Lindsay elise on uh some twitch love yeah. to watch um her and jessica negri are both Two of the people, World of Warcraft, that got me hooked on watching them. Um, just, you have to think, you're playing a lot of one game, and at a certain point, you're going to face a burnout. One game cannot satisfy a gamer. Yeah. Like, if you, and I feel like gamer is in the sense of, you're going to wish that there were certain things in your game that you're playing, and then you're going to see it in another game, and you're going to be like, I want to play that. And that's what a gamer is. You know, we play games. We don't play game. Yeah, we play games. It is plural for a reason. <laughs> yeah. We play games. So, yeah, uh, it is a great year to be a gamer. I'm glad I have a lot in the backlog, but right now, as I mentioned a lot, uh, Xenoblade is going to eat a lot of my time. Uh, I just want to find every damn little rare blade. <laughs> There's a whole book, it looks like, and I've got to get them all. Yeah. Uh, that's the Pokemon talking. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there's a lot coming out. There's a lot of partnerships on the table. You know, Rumor Mill has it that Microsoft and Nintendo are partners. I would I honestly at this point believe it because from what I keep hearing and hearing and hearing a lot of is Microsoft is helping Nintendo with their network. That's great. Now, Sony, please do the same and let Microsoft... I mean, like, you know, I heard it's so easy just for them to have crossplay. Like, Rocket, I heard Rocket League said, like, look, all we got to do is press a button. Boom. <laughs> all like, we got to do is press a button for Sony like, and we're good to go. So it's just like, I know there's a lot of flame war between the two, Sony versus Xbox, and I feel like most of that actually at this point is company pride and player driven. And really it's going to come down to everybody just buying consoles. I mean, that's the thing though. Like We, uh, can't, we can't have a monopoly. It's not even the monopoly thing, but it's more like we're all gamers and like at the end of the day we all work together. Yeah. Like we all work together. We want the same thing, like reviewers, gamers, and like res like press people like come on like we're all in this together we want to we want to buy an xbox one x you gotta like you gotta make me want a sony console nintendo you show me why like, I, I feel like where we should go with it in terms of if uh if you had the seven dragon balls or something like that it's okay to only have one console specifically but let microsoft and sony both work on it let Sony better their quality then of their televisions because their televisions aren't bad, but they can give us more on the technological side. Well, Microsoft supports all of us with their network because let's face it, PlayStation gets hacked a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. That's why you know I often choose for Xbox gaming on things like Fortnite because they've got more dedicated servers and they're a computer company. I have the argument with a family member all the time over, you know. Which one has better dedicated servers? PlayStation has fewer servers in general. Xbox has a lot more. And Xbox doesn't get hacked as much. Please, Anonymous, don't prove me wrong. Uh, <laughs> wonderful people they are. Uh, yeah, Xbox has... server. Their servers don't get hacked as much. Sony's is like an open invitation. 
I feel like hackers can walk through and high-five each other on Sony's. I had a friend comment me the other day in a text message saying that the PlayStation server was down. I'm like, go figure. Go figure. <laughs> Tell me when it's up. Give me a day of the week when it's up, and I will let you know. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. Not when it's down. That It's like high tide, low tide at this point. So, yeah, I want to see Sony, you know, go into talks with Nintendo. We don't need company pride at this point in terms of we're going to do this on our own. If Microsoft, which is PC and Xbox, for those who don't know, you know, somebody's like, Microsoft doesn't have mobile gaming. They have laptops and tablets and cell phones. If it's on uh, any, if it, yeah, we don't touch it. They've got mobile gaming. Let's just face yeah. it. Uh, Nintendo, you know, they're going to be working with Microsoft. Obviously, they are, they've already started. If their network's, you know, supported by Microsoft, that's even better. I will give them the 20 bucks. I'll just drive to Reggie and hand it to him in person. Here. Yeah. Just Sony, come on over. Accept that this is how it needs to be because you're bettering the players. You know, you want all of your players playing together. That's how you diffuse the console war because in the end, you only need one console. I mean, the Switch is a hybrid, but if Nintendo, from what I hear, rumor is, this isn't 100% legit from what I'm gathering, but if Nintendo calls it a handheld, Microsoft might give them Halo. Really? Why would they give them Halo then? Because they call it a handheld and not a console. It takes it out of that loop. And at the same time, if they're partnered with... If Microsoft and Nintendo being partners, if an IP... like You've seen the sales in Japan, right? For the Xbox, they're almost non-existent. Yeah, they're not existent yeah. right now. How are you going to get the Japanese player base in the Asian market to look at your games? You're going to put them on a console that they're wanting to buy. Or they already own. Yeah. And if you're not on good terms with Sony, but you're a partner with Nintendo... And all you have to do is port your game on the Unreal 4 engine, which most Halos run on the Unreal 3. Then, yeah, that's how you're going to get your game in that marketplace. Because if they play it, they're going to want to see it on a bigger screen. They're going to want to play it more. They're going to be inclined to look at the sequel. They might buy a special edition console. They'll, I mean, start, yeah, they'll start looking at your products more. I mean, because, like, they're still in their units. I think by November, it only get like a thousand six hundred thirty nine. Yeah, they're not <laughs> like they're not selling in Japan compared to the Nintendo Switch at eighty four thousand five hundred ninety three. You can walk down the street with switches strapped to you with duct tape or velcro and people will come chasing after you I feel like and be like, I wanna buy it or they'll just take it. Versus <laughs> a person walking the opposite well the same the opposite direction towards you wearing nothing but Xboxes and they'll avoid you like you have a plane. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Switch. I mean, that's the thing. Companies make smart partnerships. Look at SanDisk. They're partnered with Nintendo. Why? Nintendo needed a partner for micro SD technology. Now all we have to do is hope that, you know, we get to the point where we get bigger and bigger micro SDs at a cheaper and cheaper price. Have you got one? I've got a 128 gig right now, but we're looking at, I mean, there's a 200 gig that's out. They've put out a 256 and then they're working on a 512. Oh, really? Yeah. But the prices are outrageous. And I mean, it's has technology advances, prices come down because things become easier to manufacture. Uh, I'm just, I feel like with the other partnerships, you know, the Joy Cons are made with the partnerships because the parts come from both Apple and Samsung. Okay. And obviously, those partnerships extend into the iOS and Android community through mobile gaming. You have Mario Go, po well, no, Mario Run, Pokemon Go, Fire Emblem Fates, the new, yeah. Uh, the Fates, uh, 
Well, no, Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, my bad. You have uh, the new Animal Crossing game coming out. Yeah, that's already out, though. Yeah, so you've got these games where they're giving them IPs to use in certain ways, and they're giving them parts, and that's a business deal. We've already, as we said, we talked about the Microsoft thing that's been on the rumor mill, which it's looking more and more real. I mean, you can play Minecraft together in Rocket League, and there's one more, Something Justice. Something Justice. I forgot what it's called. It's Something Justice. Uh, there'll be three games that I know of that will have cross-play for PC, Xbox, and Switch. Hmm. So, why Crazy Justice. There we go. Crazy so, Justice. I haven't heard of that one, actually. It's like a... I almost want to say it feels... It, what I looked at when I saw it was more Overwatchy, but more cartoony. So, like an Overwatchy Borderlands kind of... Oh, wait! Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, I've seen that. Kind of like a team shooter kind of ordeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, really, we're just... We're just looking for... If you're a gamer, you're looking for games. And I like what the Switch is doing. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like the Switch. However... How can anyone not like the Switch? It's doing some really good things right now. I've converted some people. You know, whether it be sitting down and talking with them or uh, using Reaper indoctrination, I've converted some people. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like in your talks of, they, like... A lot of people look at it like this. The complaints that I hear are almost, at my, in my opinion, ignorant. Where they're like, the Switch does not support 4K. Okay. Okay. I'm just as happy playing a game in 1080. Yeah, don't touch the tombstone. It comes back from the dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I started playing, guys. Uh, what were you saying? Uh, it's, you know, it's not as powerful as the other consoles, and that's why they don't like it. Or it doesn't play in 4K, and that's why they don't like it. The online service is not, please sit back down in your chair. We don't need you yelling while Reggie and them work on that. We will see that in 2018. Yeah, but for some people, like you said, like people, that's what they only care about is the 4K cap compatibility. That's why they got an Xbox One X. They want to be able to see it as high resolution. But as I'm playing X, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, like this makes me just stop and look at the world because of its anime-ish figure to it. So for anyone that's go like, well, it's not. 4K, I'm like, yeah, but you don't see this beauty, like, there's like no spoiler driver, like, when you get the the main blade in this game, and you do that fight scene right there, I was like yeah, this is a game meant for everybody to play right now yeah, like, that was just amazing to watch, and to interact with. What, what are you spending your hard-earned money most on? Are you just wanting to look at something pretty? If so, go watch a TV show. If you're wanting to, you know, go, go buy subscriptions and watch TV. If you want to play a game, it should not matter what resolution it's displayed in. Yeah. It should be about the content that you're being provided. I do mean, you, do I, you, you know, go, go I'm sorry. Like, and that's the whole Uncharted argument. Like, well, it's just a movie. But but if I'm enjoying it, why is it that big of a deal? <laughs> like, like <laughs> if, you know, you're paying for a game, do you want, let's look at it. Like, I know a lot of people. You know, are up in the air about what they, you know, what defines a good game. Star Wars: The Force Unleashed 2, in my opinion, was not a good game when it was sixty-five dollars. You could beat the game in two to five hours. Oh, I didn't. I, I never played that one. I yeah. saw the ending, but <laughs> I would put my money towards a game that will hold me for more than one sitting. You know, a first-person shooter is a commitment-style game. Like a MOBA is a commitment-style game. A fighting game is a commitment-style game. If you could commit to getting better at something that you will repetitively beat over and over and over again, that is repetitively the same thing over and over and over again, 
That's right. Um, if you will commit to an action RPG that you will eventually see the end of, you know, it might take a week or two. Like Mario Odyssey, I powered through it. That was wonderful. I'm glad I got that game. Yes, like, we'll talk more about it here in a bit. But like I said, like I beat it like in the first couple of days too. It's like, oh wow, good. Yeah, that and then the post game is wonderful yeah, because like they good. open up like you you think you've done it a lot and then you realize you're not even a third of the way done with the game in terms of the scope of everything you got to go and do and can do. Uh, Xenoblade, well worth the money that it costs. Well worth the season pass because I like how all right we had that heat in the past over here's the season pass here's dlc it's already on the disc why am i paying for it i agree with those people why am i paying for it it's already on my disc i should not have to pay you 15 to 30 dollars for you to send me a code that's one kilobyte or five kilobytes or however big it is to unlock my content these this season passes the expansion passes that nintendo has put out for breath of the wild and for xenoblade so far the content isn't even made they're working on it right now so I'm essentially saying, here, I enjoy this game, take this money, fund these people, give me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and when I beat this game, you will have more for me to do, and I will come back to it and visit it. And that's one less reason to trade it in. I mean, that's just like another, like, uh, like that's the Witcher argument, too. Like, well, the Witcher's so big, so, like, the DLC, okay, is adds, like, another 40 hours to it. So it's like... Okay, CD Projekt Red, y'all can have my money. Just, yeah. just wait. <laughs> There's such wonderful people at that company. They're like, hey, what? We're gonna create these two campaigns. They're about 20, well, 20 hours a piece. By the way, here's 16 free DLC for you while you wait. It's like, <laughs> really? Just take the 30 bucks already. <laughs> here, here, you've got my 65. Just take the other 30. Just exactly. And like, uh, I read the book by Walt Williams, Significant Zero. They ever play Spec Ops? No. Okay, but it's one of the best written uh, games of all time. Uh, Walt Williams said, like, look, you guys realize that games shouldn't be 60 bucks. They're actually more put into it. You just, you guys just get it at that price. I was like, yeah, that's true, because, like, more than about, like, The Witcher or Zelda, it's like, dang, they put a lot of effort into this. It's really not a $60 game. Like, this isn't worth, like, 60 bucks. It's way worth more. We're getting a, we're getting the benefit of, and that's that's what I feel like would define games of the year is Ooh. a game. Yeah, when when you want to call your game, when you want to call your favorite game rather game of the year, tell me what makes it worth more than that sixty five dollar price tag. We're okay. not touching collector's edition items because the art book does not make it a game of the year. I don't care about the pictures. I mean, I love the artwork, but the pic, you know, your picture book will not call it game of the year. No matter how many smiley faces are in that book, uh, just there are games that are obviously going to be lower priced because there's not as much put into them. Maybe they're new companies starting up. Maybe they're indie companies coming out. They're trying to build up their talent that way. That's why we have rewards for them. That's why we show respect for them. When you see Game of the Year, it's almost always some big name title for a reason. Is because you've got people on these teams that you know from past games that you followed that you fell in love with their work so far what makes that game worth more than $65 now let's talk about last year's game of the year candidate and like which I guess like you might agree with like how'd you feel about Overwatch getting game of the year Overwatch is okay we'll go with it is worth more than $65 tag I mean I bought the collector's edition for the Xbox when it came out 
I love thinking about getting the Game of the Year edition. I, yeah, I, I'm so... If you, yeah, if you don't have it now, get Game of the Year edition because you get all that wonderful stuff included. I like games like that where you get more than what you pay for. I mean, you're paying for the same mode. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like Team Fortress is being reintroduced, essentially, into the new age. As I said, I watch Lindsay Elise play on Twitch. Um, you're playing a team-based shooter for a new age of people to get more people interested in because it's a, it's a genre of its own. It's not like Call of Duty and whatnot. It's its own genre, and with enough interest, it will grow into more and more genres and more and more games. That's how that works. And I feel like it earned it. All the characters are memorable. I like how they're not charging you for unlocking new characters. Everything's free. Yeah, you can. Well, besides loot boxes, but everything's pretty much free. Yeah, you can go in uh, like other games like that, like League of Legends. You can play and you can earn things for free, other than skins mm-hmm. and certain items that you have to pay for. In Overwatch, you can earn loot crates or you can buy loot crates, but all of your champions are free. So essentially, if you wanted to learn and get an aptitude—not a mastery, but an aptitude—with all the champions, you can, and that's invaluable. You're just giving the player constant growth in the terms of you're updating your game, you're maintaining your servers and your player connections, you're giving them fresh new content, constant reoccurring events. Yeah, that's worth Game of the Year. Okay, so you don't have a problem with it being a multiplayer game getting Game of the Year? No. Okay. Just because, like, I remember that was the argument that, like, where I said, like, why don't you try Overwatch with it? Well, it doesn't have a story. I need a story. It kind yeah. of has its own story. Yeah. You have to go in and you have to... You, it's more of... The story for Overwatch is you're watching the videos, you're watching the character trailers, you're reading the biographies, you're seeing how what happened beforehand. They're introducing more characters and it's fleshing out a larger and larger story. Yeah. So it's one of those games where you're not handed the story to enjoy at the pace that you decide. You have to take it as it's given to you and then enjoy the game in the meantime. It's pretty much the lore of the game, which yeah. comes into it. But, like, with that argument, it was just like, well, it doesn't have that, so I can't play it. And then all of a sudden it wins Game of the Year, so I asked this person, so how do you feel about it now that it won Game of the Year? And they said, well, I don't believe that a multiplayer game should ever win Game of the Year. But if the Game of the Year, if Overwatch checks off every single box of what Game of the Year is, how can you deny it its Game of the Year status? Game of the Year, in in the opinion I feel like of, is a game that so many people enjoy. You know, like, you've got, it's well, uh, enough people are going to say it's worth more than that $65. Enough people are going to commit to that game, and when the, it comes time to vote, they're going to vote for it reviewers are going to remember it it's going to top 10 it's going to top five it's going to top three and that's why when you look at you know when the game of the year awards come out they have 10 separate days and they start with number 10 and they move forward out of all the games that came out this is what we're looking at and they move forward until you finally see it and it's almost like watching like a live event for awards or sports or whatever you want to consider it because you're waiting to see if you got your bracket or your list right and you want to think okay did my game that I picked get number one? Okay, well let's uh, we'll switch gears to this year's game of the year. We're gonna I'm looking at IGN site right now. What we got? Well, well like let's see, we got Cuphead. Cuphead is a good game for what it is. Destiny two. Destiny two. We'll just go. Uh, let's we'll go through the list first. Uh, and Divinity Original Sin two. I've heard nothing but good about that game actually. Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon's a good game. 
Legend of Zelda. Breath of the Wild is phenomenal. Uh, Nier Automata. Nier is a good game. Amazing. Remake. Persona 5. Persona 5 was a good launch. Player Unknown. PUBG. PUBG is going to redefine so many things, obviously, with the invention of Fortnite. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Easily one of the best Mario games ever. And then Wolfenstein 2. Have not got to touch it, but I've heard good about it. How do you decipher that list, though? Unfortunately for me, I'm super, super biased, although the bias kind of tilts. Um, Persona series has always been really good. I'm a huge fan of Shin Megami Tensei on a Segway. See how that comes out for the Switch next year. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so wonderful. <laughs> we get five on the Switch, not on PS4, Xbox, or PC. Sorry, it's a Switch title. Um, that's looking so damn good of a game. Um, yeah, Player Unknown's Battleground. That started off as something so small. Yeah. And it's just blown up. And it's just, I like watching, I don't even, I don't even play it. I watch people kill each other in the most unique, inventive, crazy, insane yeah, skill yeah, shot. It's like, I it's see like, a lot of people do some crazy stuff with that game. I'm like, damn, like, I, I can't yeah. even do it. Like, if you don't want to play, it's too late. <laughs> just don't try right now. It's it, it just like, <laughs> just gonna watch. This is enjoyable. That, that's, that's where, like, you have that redefined, uh, why do people watch other people play video games? Well, because there's some things that they could think of that I can't, and then when I see it, then I think of it, too. We all get on the same wavelength that way, and it's enjoyable. Um, there's a near. I was a really, really, really big fan of the As you game. know, that was my first game I ever reviewed, so it kind of plays dear to my heart, too, so... <laughs> near the first the first near game a lot of people didn't give a chance I feel like it is well worth going back the storyline will make a person cry because I mean it's just <laughs> yeah the, the first near was a tearjerker for the all second time. one was too yeah uh, it's gonna be a tough call um, I feel like Breath of the Wild's gonna take it this year though because we, they have one last thing up their sleeve for Breath of the Wild and it drops this month and that's Ballad of the Champions and it's a final dungeon kind of deal is it? yeah okay it's one more dungeon and it's supposed to explain more of the story so and they've released the Amiibos you know you've got Mifa Rivali Garuk and Urbosa so they're you know they're all there but Ballad of the Champions there's a very big emphasis on them I feel like that we're going to see Breath of the Wild proved that you could take something old that people remember and you can take classic aspects of it but reinvent it. If not for games like Rise of the Tomb Raider, The Witcher 3, you know, games like that that we have right now, we would not have Breath of the Wild in the aspect that it is. I mean, we might end up with something like Skyward Sword. Instead, we get a game where you can go anywhere, do anything, do what you want to do. And it was wonderful. I'm still playing it because there's so many side quests. That's what I keep running into my top three Nintendo games this year is so many side quests. Yeah, so like it's just side quests on top of side quests. And like, this is this has been a year for open world games in general. Though, like when I look at this list, it's like I see nothing but open worldness. Like side quests, do this. Like Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Nier Automata, Persona Five, Super Mario Odyssey, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's just like Divinity. Right. Destiny 2 in a sense. It's like this year has been nothing but open world. But when we come to it, 
Breath of the Wild looks out overall because it's so open world and it redefines the genre of what RPGs are or what J or JRP RPGs are because it's like you're like you could you don't even do the story to beat the game it's like it's just like there you go let's just, go just go and play and I feel like that's what a lot of players want we're getting two really good things in perspective this year we're getting a lot of open world games which a lot of people they don't want a theme parked game they want to be able to do what they want to do and invest their time into something massive. Uh, which, I mean, we just got Skyrim back again. And yeah. it's apparently, from reviewers, they've said it's the best way to play the game because you can play it wherever. Yeah, it's the best. So, you can go anywhere. So, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's the same. Like, I think I was listening to IGN and Nintendo Voice Chat this past weekend. And they said, like, do I want to spend 60 bucks on Skyrim? And they're like, yeah, you do. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... You can play it anywhere. You can get the armor to play it. You know, have the Hylian, the Hylian shield, and the Master Sword, and the armor. Yeah, you, you're going to play it again because at the end of the day, you want to make your own choices. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of people escape into their games. Yeah, escapism is a lot in video games, yeah. and we see that. So, the open-worldness is something that we can look at in perspective. It's one of the two things. Uh, and I feel like that's why most of the games in the top 10 for game of the year are open world, you know, just so massive and open and choice given. You know, you can do whatever. You don't have to do specific things. The other thing in perspective that we're seeing is the in invention or reinvention of existing IPs into new avenues. You see that with Super Mario Odyssey, how it's completely different. Yeah, I mean, Ma Mario has a sidekick named Cappy. It's like <laughs> when I could play as a T-Rex with a mustache. That was awesome. That that was a defining moment for me. I was like, snap the camera, you just hit the camera button. It's like, <laughs> I'm taking a, I'm taking a picture. I'll post it on Twitter later. I've got this. We're good. We're good. What's funny is that like one of my friends like she was uh, she played it with me. Like she hadn't played a video game so long, and like that's kind of the bad part about like video games. Like if one person just plays one title, like because like she says she's seen nothing but two K, so like. That's all she's seen of video games. But, like, when she saw Mario, she was like, fuck 2K. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So, it's, like, kind of cool. So, like, when, like, I told her, like, throw your cap, throw the cap at uh, the T-Rex over there. And she, like, she turned into T-Rex. She's like, what is life? <laughs> like, like, what is life? That is how that works. <laughs> like, we got games being reinvented. You know, whole genres and IPs coming back to life. I mean, we've got bad... I, I want to call them bad reviewers, but they're allowed to voice their opinion. You know, there's people that are very opinionated and negative in the reviews. And they need to see that things... It's like a renaissance for gaming. Because in the last couple generations or years that we can look at, after the PS2, so the PS3 in the beginning of the Xbox One and PS4, it was honestly stale. I feel like that's what it was. We had great games in there, but there was a lot of stale. Like, anybody can go back and look and say... During these couple months, it was great. And then what did I play for the rest of the year? Mm -hmm. What was there? There wasn't a lot. It was almost like you get an oasis, and then you're stuck in a desert without. And uh, that's for every system, though. Like, yeah, that even, was for every system. It's not just saying, like, Nintendo is just, like, saying, like, all, every, system. all system just, and, like, came to a halt for a second. So, yeah, we got this reinvention. Uh, the re You know, the new ones, PUBG. Thank you for creating <laughs> another multiplayer genre for us. Massive open world, kill your best friend and everybody you know. Hunger Games, the hell out of this first person, third person shooter, whatever mm -hmm. we call it. Just Hunger Games, your friends. Come on, 100 people jump in here. 
Whether you're playing that or Fortnite, just get in there and kill everybody. And or, <laughs> or just survive. Katniss Everdeen the fuck out of your game. Survive. <laughs> like that one guy who built himself a house in the top ten of my game. Survive somehow. It's fun because it's so... It's open. It's giving. You don't want to be caught with your pants down because if somebody sees your head, they're going to chase you. <laughs> but it just... It's, it's a game where, you know... A lot of things in competitive gaming I see, people have to get really, really serious. And, and in order to win, I feel like you have to be able to mix that balance of being serious while relaxing at the same time. That way you loosen up. Otherwise, you're prone to raging. Raged in a tournament last year. Not fun. You lose a lot more, I feel like, when you rage because you're prone to being read into and then making bad plays. So you've got to be able to just let go. And yeah, Fortnite for me, when I tried it the other day, I was just like, this <laughs> this sniper rifle sucks it's like shoot off to the side i'm like why are you arcing right i get there's probably real-time physics but this is and then i got killed somebody and got their <laughs> sniper rifle and it shot a whole lot better it's like <laughs> <laughs> but like you said like it's more about letting loose and having fun with your actual games because like i can't i can't play a sports game so seriously anymore like it's just like uncommon like i've seen like my best friend like throw his controller and get mad because he lost against me. I'm like, bro, it's just a game. Like, I understand you want to win, but you can't get so mad or you're going to continue to lose like you just said. And, like, that's what happened. Like, you continuously lose. Like, I haven't played this game in, like, two years. You're playing it, like, every day. Don't get mad at me. (laughs) Gaming, for a lot of us, is part of our lifestyle. And when you get angry in real life, there are consequences. When you get angry in games, there are consequences. And we got to get back to what it was. And that's why I feel like it's we're starting a renaissance again, a second renaissance in the history of gaming, where we get back to remembering that gaming, you don't need to be stressed when you play a game. You can relieve your stress because you're playing a game and yeah. it becomes stress-free and enjoyable. And that's what we're looking at. Yeah, because like, we're talking about like the game of the years, and like I looked at Horizon and was like, okay, Horizon's really good, great. Breath of the Wild, soothing. Super Mario Odyssey had a smile on my face the entire fucking time I played the game. Like, I've never smiled so much. New Donk City, we won't spoil it if you haven't played it, but, like, he knows, like, Jordan knows yep. exactly what I'm talking about. No, like, yeah, no, no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> but that last stretch of the game, what happens when you're leading up to that final, what, 10 minutes, 12 minutes where you're beating the game, you throw the cap at something someone yeah. something happened and you're just like is this really happening like we're doing this and then the music's and, playing i'm like yeah oh also the end credits with mario it's yeah. like wait what and i mean going back and looking what i like uh that they added in if anybody doesn't know is both legend of zelda breath of the wild and super mario odyssey there's a reason to go through and collect everything like, there's a reason to get all of your lost memories in Breath of the Wild. There's a reason to get all of your power moons and coins. And because, that. like, in the, like we can co- kind of spoil a little bit of Breath of the Wild, just the fact of, like, if you don't get it, you don't get that end credit scene. Yeah, you. there's two endings in each game. And if you want to see, okay, you beat the game, congrats, here's an ending. But if you want to earn the actual true ending, you get everything, and then you play a special part, or you beat the game again, in the case of the, fir- the former, and you get to see the actual story ending. And it's mm-hmm. like wow like i don't have to speed run to ganon in like less than an hour i can actually play this game and yeah it's great i remember i cried the first time i saw one of the dragons come down while i was on the bridge in the middle of a thunderstorm i was like that's amazing that it's fucking amazing again take a picture 
<laughs> I looked at it, I was like, I wonder if I'm going to fight this thing or not. Yeah, that was my thought. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> what do I do with that? <laughs> like, how, like, how? Like, like what am I supposed to do? Like, this isn't Ocarina time. Let's get this straight. I don't have the hammer in this game right now. Thank you, Link, for fucking up the timelines <laughs> and making this possible. <laughs> Thank you, Link. <laughs> no, you did play Horizon, right? Did you enjoy it? It was a good game. It's why it's owned digitally instead of physically. A lot of the games that I own digitally, I can't get rid of, so I can only enjoy them. That's why it's like, I can't be dissuaded to trade them in. It's like they're stuck there, and it's like, I can only enjoy this game. Let's do this. So did you play the DLC, or no? You haven't had a chance? Really good. Like, I got a chance to play it. Uh, considered to review it overall, because like, 100% of the game, like, I said like, I beat Zelda... And, like, I was about to, like, towards the end, towards The Witcher, I said, I'm just going to go ahead and 100% Horizon. Just one time through. I need to do it. And I did it. And they're like, okay, well, I'm done. So, like, see you later. <laughs> like I said, Horizon's a really good game. As you know, they're thinking about making more. It's definitely new, and we need new. I mean, I can understand beating a dead horse, but in terms of, well, not but, but in terms of bringing... The same characters back and back and back. However, gaming was built up upon these iconic characters and we can't just put them in their grave. Thankfully, we get to see the new Mega Man. Yes, you know, Mega Man 11 was announced today for all you listeners that didn't get a chance to check out IGN or any of your favorite gaming sites. Capcom has decided to release Mega Man 11 for all consoles, right? Yeah. It's and then they have also announced that Mega Man X One. through X through 8. Yep. Through 8. Is coming out for all consoles as well next year by the summertime, which is actually good for Mega Man fans that didn't like. Mighty got cheated with a Mighty Gunvolt, <laughs> not Gunvolt. Um, not not Gunvolt. Uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, Azure Striker Gunvolt is wonderful. I need to play it actually. You can actually get it now for the Switch and yeah, it's forty both, bucks or something. And that's 30, not that. Yeah, it's thirty bucks and it's both games actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's if you haven't, I haven't played the second one yet because I have not technically beaten the first one. It is one of the very few games where the final boss kicks my ever-loving ass all across the screen. And really? I'm like, I'm going to have to put this down because that's where I, that, when I lose like four or five times in a row, I'm like, this is where we go into rage mode, so you're just going to turn this system off. <laughs> this is where we go into rage mode. Like, I don't, I don't get angry like that when I play Dark Souls, which from what they're talking about might be coming. We'll, we'll find out within a week or whenever. The Bandai Namco press conference, there was a rumor going around li- online right now that Xenosaga HD trilogy and the Dark Souls trilogy could and very well might be coming to the Switch. And if that is the case, thank you, RNG Jeebus, God, Buddha, whoever we need to thank for that. <laughs> like, we will send postcards and Christmas cards. With That is a thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm looking it up right now. They've actually said that the director from Xenoblade Chronicles X wants his game on the Switch. Because I, a lot of people won't go back and buy a Wii U to play it. So why not bring it to a console that everybody wants to touch? Bring all of them up. Pandora's Tower can come up. Really? There's another game. I forgot what it was called. Bring that up. There's Yeah, there was three, actually, if you didn't know. There was Xenoblade Chronicles 1, Pandora's Tower, and something else. And Last Story. Last Story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All three of those were a set piece together, and they were brought over together. Xenoblade's the one that took off. The other two kind of fell to the wayside. Bring them up. 
put them in that subscription service. I mean, I want to see that. I want to see what Reggie's got because, I mean, I can remember hearing him say, hey, I want to give you all a world-class service, and it's not there yet, so I'm not going to show anything. Great. Keep us there because you've only succeeded with your anticipation-building magic. He's obviously like Merlin from Nintendo in terms <laughs> of getting our attention and making us hopeful. And, like, like it's, it's this is real. Like, it's an update. It's to be announced next week. Which would be interesting because there's no direct for Nintendo. I feel like Nintendo itself is done for the year. Yeah, Nintendo will come back from what I understand in January. Which, what I'm loving with the new momentum and the presence of Nintendo, when they show up for a direct, turn on to it. Why? Because what they're not going to do is get you hopeful for a game that you're never going to see. Like when they released ARMS and stuff, like right after the launch of the Switch. They waited a couple months. What was it? Two, three months window? Yeah. And within that, they came out and like, this is our first direct for the Switch. Here's a whole bunch of games. By the way, while we're announcing them, we're street dating them for the next one to three months and start dropping them. Like, I didn't expect Splatoon 2, ARMS, or all, all, all in the same yeah. year. It's like, like wait, yeah, what? They, they started dropping them within the same three-month time span, and then they released them all, and then around that tail end of that to a month or two later, they come out, and they're like, so we got more news, so we're going to do another Direct, and here's more games being announced. That's great. Like, keep that up. Like, you've got, from what I understand, there's 400-plus projects in the works for the Switch between now and 2019. Okay, show me more. Show me why you deserve my money. Because you're just eating now. I want that Octopath Traveler back. <laughs> oh my god, Octopath Traveler is... <laughs> that was... That was, just, that was so great. Just let me know now before I invest... I had to put the demo down. Before I invest any more time in the demo, let me know everything I'm doing carries over into the full game. Please. Bravely <laughs> Default this, Monster Hunter Stories this, Bravely Second this. Let everything just carry. I'll just see. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're playing through. You can play through two chapters, well, two characters right now for a certain extent. So let me know that that's going to stay there. Like even in the Etrian Odyssey games, you would play to a certain part of the demo, you beat the demo, and it's actually you're playing through the entire tutorial of the game. That's why all the tutorials are there. You don't have to do it if you buy the game at retail. You have to do it, and they actually give you bonuses for playing the demo. Mm. Yeah. So if you're ever gonna play an Etrian Odyssey game on the 3DS, download the demo. Beat the demo, then buy the game. Because there's a good chance to put the game on sale while you're waiting and beating the demo. Oh, shit. Yeah. They put the, they mark those games down all the time. Like, you could check... I would check if you're a, a Nintendo player looking for a game like Dental and Catch. I would look once a week on their eShop every, what, Thursday? And if you're wanting to play an Etrian Odyssey game, go ahead, download the demo, play through it, and watch your Thursdays, and you'll see it marked down at some point. Okay. I mean, I've only seen it like five times over the past year. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna happen. So you talked about did you were you able to play Monster Hunter Stories? But like that's one game I've been interested in. I have stories. I've been playing stories. I didn't finish stories because Pokemon came out. Uh, stories is great in my opinion if you want a JRPG kind of Pokemon meets Monster Hunter meets a Final Fantasy turn based game. It's enjoyable. There's a lot of DLC out there. Uh, there was a couple of DLC packs that you can't get anymore. That's fine. There are a lot of QR codes, though, that if you want to spend 20 minutes, you can scan them in and get boons for days. And you will be stocked up and ready to go. So the game's giving to you. You're paying $39.99 plus sales tax or like 44 bucks, give or take, for a game that has a lot of DLC to it. A lot of free DLC to give you items that you won't get 
as easily as they're giving them to you. And it was very enjoyable. The battle system is kind of rock, paper, scissors-esque, but it's very colorful, very friendly, very animated. So um, if you want to wait into Monster Hunter without knowing the mechanics of Monster Hunter, because the actual Monster Hunter itself, if you haven't played it and you think you can walk in there, please YouTube yourself. I want to watch. <laughs> like, you cannot just walk into Monster Hunter and think that you can just badass the game. You I, I will say I enjoyed that IP because you have to learn strategy and how to hunt, and it gets really enjoyable not only when you beat the monster, but when you time trial the hell out of it and drop it as fast as possible. Monster Hunter is more of like a, you like, I've heard it say on this podcast, it's like, it's a different type of tea that you get to be able to drink. Different cup of tea yeah. that you get to be able to drink to be able to play it. And it's not a bad idea to do it, to play the game. It's just that like you have to like want to be able to hunt down this monster. You have to, it's a game where you can't buy your power. You know, you, well, you can't go in and you can't buy being good at the game. You can't think that just because you're good at other games, you're going to be good at that game. And I know a lot of people are going to play it on PlayStation, which is why I'm playing it on Xbox, because I feel like a lot of people are going to go in with that mentality. It looks pretty, let me play it. I'm sorry, I'm the guy that if I'm in charge of the room, I've been told I'm not allowed to be in charge of the room. I kick people all the time. Like, if people play with me on Monster Hunter on the 3DS, and they do that, they're like, I'm going to run in here with this. Dude, your weapon's weak. You're going to bounce off the monster. Just let him do it. Cart, cart, cart. It's like, why are you in this fight, guy? Why are you in this fight? <laughs> like, you, you, you don't need to be here. You, you're barely qualified. You know what? Kick. It's like, we just need a body to fill. Nope. Kick. I mean, I've kicked way too many players. And I mean, I don't mind bringing people up, teaching them the mechanics. What I mind is when people think that just because they're playing a game that sh they should fight in-game content. No. <laughs> no, you gotta be like, able to grind that stuff out to become better, and that's what video games and being a gamer is. Like we, we both said it is like get better in a yeah, sense. The best Monster Hunter, in my opinion, to play if you haven't picked one up. If you want to know what Monster Hunter World is, you might not have the time to finish it. Pick up Monster Hunter Four Ultimate because it is a complete difficulty game. Monster Hunter Generations gets cut. And I actually hope, I would, if they announce Monster Hunter Double Cross coming to the West, I will not touch World. For the simple fact that you can have that near Gigante, whatever it is, I want to fight the Jet Dragon. That thing has kicked my ass. And I like that in that game. Uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate has a monster called Gogmazios. He's a G rank. Because in Monster Hunter you have normal rank, or low rank actually. Low rank is easy. High rank is moderately difficult, and when you get to the latter half of it, it's actually hard. G rank is, if you don't know by now what you're playing, and you don't have an understanding of the monsters you're hunting, you will not succeed. And then it had G+, which means if you screw up, you die. It's like, that's great, because these endgame armors and weapons are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you commit to Monster Hunter, you learn, you know, you go into the shop and you look at an armor piece, you can start telling what a monster's weak to. So you can go in and build weapons to deal that damage, that elemental damage to the monster, and then you can see what kind of elements it uses by its resistances and build up an armor to protect you from its attacks. And then you know what items and how to play your weapon. You only need to learn how to play one weapon, in my opinion, to be great at the game. If you want to be an expert, you'll learn more. However, you only need one to be able to play it. 
so you find out what you really want to commit your time to and go from there and it's just it's wonderful and as i said like i want double cross to come over i didn't spend 400 hours on monster hunter generations for me not to get a game that's sitting in japan right now that i can port that i'm supposed to be able to port my data up to i've got god talismans for a reason and for anybody that doesn't know a god talisman is when you have two really great skills at really high point values and three slots Oh, shit. Yeah. That sounds ridiculous. I've got a high... Monster Hunter Generations cuts off at high rank, essentially. And I've got almost a G-rank equivalent armor set in high rank with my T.O. Strabo. So, it's a lot of fun. Five skills on a, on a set that most people only get four. Yeah, I'm taking it. And it's all high damage DPS skills, too. So, I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, the only things I wish I could have had were ammo saver and attack up large, and that would make me overbroken. <laughs> so, I mean, actually, yeah, that that would be really bad for the the game. I mean, now, we're like we talked about game of the year. Which game? Because you know this game, this the podcast is all about how a game can influence a person. Which of the games do you think had been the most influential for the entire year? From a new beginning player, let's say, let's say, uh, age 10 to 13, compared to someone like, like our age, to age of 25 to 27, which games do you think have been the most influential? The most influential games that I've seen, a lot of people have picked up on Persona 5. Because, like, you say Persona 5, like, because, like, I'll say Game of the Year is, like, I think I said this in a text message to you, like, Game of the Year is Breath of the Wild, but my personal favorite is Persona 5. A lot (laughs) of people have never played a Persona game series entry, and that's where they're picking up for the first time, and I feel like that's influential because that's making them want to go back and try the others. 3 was my favorite because of, that, that, that is a hero in my book, what he does, what he commits and gives up um breath of the wild no doubt is the game that's getting people it got me back into considering enjoying games instead of looking at it as a mechanic of just try and play something competitively there's so much enjoyment that you can find in something and most of that this year came from breath of the wild i actually cried some when i saw them announce the game and how open it is hearing the soundtrack was beautiful like hearing that every little audio detail like you hear the crickets chirp the water falling off the rocks the rain falling the grass blowing in the wind it's like that is attention to detail that makes me feel like i'm living this character uh yeah and then if i'm gonna pick a third one right off the top of my head on this thought thank you PUBG again for what you do because <laughs> that <coughs> PUBG has started something that was needed just like what was it doom started something back in the day PUBG has come in and it's evolving the shooting fr- the shooting genre so first person third person there needed to be an evolution i feel like PUBG is it obviously somebody spent a lot of time reading battle royale and watching the hunger games that's where some inspiration might have come from but that is definitely influential that there's a reason why so many people are playing these two games right now and they're finding enjoyment in it in the lobby before we get on the battle bus i'm getting shot in the face (laughs) and somebody's enjoying shooting my avatar in the face without knowing who i am thank you for the 
bullets yeah. like breakfast. Um. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like for me, like I said, Persona, go like be able to name your own character was awesome. Like, oh wow, you get to name your own character in this. And like, I, I chose Percy Jackson because like it just felt right because I like Percy Jackson as a character in like his series of Robert Dryden. But just the idea of like music going through, like feeling great and like the jazzy tune to it, it's like, oh wow, this is something different. And then like at the end of the game and going like, this is the end of the game. Like, really? And it's like, you're hearing the music play and you're like, wow. And like when you beat the final boss, it's like, I really was fist pumping at the end of that damn game. Like, it was awesome. Like, oh my God. Like, I haven't, I haven't experienced anything like this in forever. Like, like Breath of the Wild, because like Breath of the Wild was like an ending that I didn't want to end. I didn't want to. Do that I, like, I didn't want to beat it at all, but like I felt like I did everything I needed to do to beat the game, so I did it because I knew other games were coming out. And like I guess that's me not wanting to have that reviewer mentality because I as I'm growing in that sense too. It's just the like I don't want to rush through all my games. I'm, I'm taking my time with all my games now. It's like. I'm going to review this game. I'm re- I say review in progress, and that means I am reviewing it right now. That means I've beaten the game. I'm going to give you my own spill towards it. But just know that I didn't rush through the game. Granted, like, it might have felt like I rushed through Super Mario Odyssey, but, like, when you're just playing it for hours and hours, like, you don't actually rush through it. It's just like, oh, the ending just comes to you. But then again, it's not really the ending because there's more to do. Outside of it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I will be definitely going back to Super Mario Odyssey, and I've got to play more of it. That's so, why it's in. It's always there's there's three games in my case at all times. One in the game and two in the case at the moment because I cannot stop playing putting them down. Okay, like you said, like I'm surprised you didn't buy this digitally. Then for real. too big of a file. Um, we're not in the era of the 3DS anymore with our digital games, so there are games that I have to have physical, and if they're going to take up most of my SD card, I feel like, then I'm going to have to have them physical. That was one thing somebody actually asked that I had to teach them about was with the Switch, all of your data is actually on those little cards, which, by the way, they still make them taste like shit. Do <laughs> not stick it on your tongue. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't do that do with that. this one actually, and yeah, you don't want to put it on your tongue. You don't want to do that whatsoever. Either. No, um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it just uh, you you can have a lot of games for the Switch. You just have to make sure that the ones that you want to have digitally, you have digitally, and the ones that you want to have physically, you have physically. I feel it. I feel it. Um, so you were talking about how there were bad reviewers. I was reading a review today on the topic of bad reviewing, and it's somebody that played this game, and they said they couldn't figure out what they were doing. The game you're talking about is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah, they were playing this game, and they could not figure out what they were doing after like 50 plus hours of gameplay, and they just started hating on it from how I was reading it. Please don't call yourself a reviewer if your review is just going to be you down-talking a game. That's not reviewing. That's more like you're giving, and I get it, when you review, you're giving a personal opinion. However, when you review, your personal opinion does not matter as much as your professional opinion. And if you don't like the game, still give it enough of a chance. Because, I mean, I've figured out everything that you're supposed to do so far. I love the soundtrack. The characters, yeah, the dial, the scripting is not Pulitzer winning. Okay, 
I'm not read. I'm not playing this game to read a book. If I wanted to do that, I would have played nine nine nine, which that's a wonderful game on the DS. Um, I'm not playing this game to win a Pul- you know, to read a Pulitzer winning book. If I wanted to do that, I could go to the library and get a book with the Pulitzer Prize on it. Come on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the dialogue's a little off. Um, the port over. If I don't like it that much, I can always you can get the free DLC pa- uh, to download and switch to Japanese dialogue. Well, yeah, Japanese dialogue with English subs. Cool. The game is wonderful, though. There's a reason why it's in my top three, and my top five, and my top ten for Nintendo Switch this year. It's because it's more than what I thought it was going to be. Oh, I think it was everything. I had like high expectations. It's exactly what it felt like. Only thing I needed to see was the actual gameplay. And then, like when I saw the actual gameplay of it, I was like, okay, I'm sold already. Like I didn't see, I didn't see nothing but like two seconds of it. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Don't want to see anything else. But like, how do you feel reviewing should go? And we've had this conversation before, but like, so how do you feel for people on the record? On the record, you know, and this is me growing up watching two people that I love a lot in terms of respect, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. Used to watch them daily. I would love to meet them. Um, They would give a a pretty fair scale. And I, I actually still to this day agree with their opinion. Anime games just don't hold up. I've not played an anime game yet. Maybe Xenoverse 2 is still is good enough, in my opinion. A lot of them fall short. A game should not be based off, though, a scale of, like, 1 to 5, 1 to 10. Would you rent the game? Would you play the game? To, would you own the game? Or would you pass on it? Uh, a lot of games, when I look at them, I pass on them. They're not what I'm looking for. Does it mean the game is bad? No. You know, I would have to justify why I'm going to pass on this game. Maybe it's because I don't want to commit the time into the game because it's not my cup of tea. There's other people that will. Please go read their reviews, watch their gameplay footage. That's great. If I'm going to rent the game, maybe it's Forced Unleashed 2. Maybe I can just go to Redbox and pay four bucks and beat it and turn it right back in. That was the days of achievement hunting and trophy, tr- yeah, trophy hunting. However, games like this, I can't Redbox this and beat it. I'm sorry, they're going to be eating my bank account in fees. This or Assassin's Creed or like yeah, Zelda. Assassin's Creed, Zelda. Just, <laughs> PUBG just will not be in Redbox. Ever. That's a wonderful thing though because you would never take it back. Certain games you buy. And it's all 100% preference based. What you need to remember is at the end of the day the review is a philosophical and there's going to be opinions in it. There's going to be the philosophy behind it. What do you consider the game like? Would you pass on it? Would you rent it? Would you own it? Why? You know, if you go back and look at it a year later, did you keep it or did you trade it in? Why? That would be like, here's a year in, uh, year in reflection. What's going on here? Did I keep this game? Am I still playing it? Do I still enjoy it? Second playthrough, third playthrough, how difficult is it to get back into the game, keep playing the game? So like a game would say, like, probably done for me, I played Uncharted Lost Legacy beat it, reviewed it, did everything I thought I could do in the game, traded it in, because, like, for that $40 price tag, it doesn't really deserve that $40 price tag for only being an 8-hour game. It should be more, it should be less than that. It should just technically just be a part of Uncharted 4. Right, I would I would say there's no problem paying 10 to 20 bucks for DLC add-ons. Yeah, yeah but, but compared to, like, the $40 tag, that's why I was like, well, I really don't need this game anymore. Compared to like, like I enjoyed it. It was good, but it wasn't great. 
and like when you hear like when you're talking from like a review standpoint like for anyone like a like a true fan of Uncharted like I'm a true like not a true friend but I enjoyed Uncharted so much but it's like they're so big into it if you just say that's good it's like kind of have like a negative side effect to it I'm like I'm not saying it's a bad game I'm just saying it's good it's not great <laughs> It's not the game that you enjoy, but people would look at it like, well, not I'm not going to say It's not the game that you put on the top of your priority list, but because you enjoyed it and then it doesn't make it to the top of your priority list, people look at it like, okay, <laughs> what's your deal? And it's like, there's no deal. It's just not my cup of tea, 100%. Like, some people, that is their cup of tea. Some people only play Call of Duty. Other yeah. people only play fighting games. I get it. We each are individuals, and we all have different tastes and preferences, whatnot, you want to call it. Yeah, but doesn't that fall underneath that casual tag, though? Like, well, we just casually just play this one game. Because, like, some people just bought Nintendo Switch, and then only bought two games this year, Zelda and Mario. They wouldn't even give Xenoblade Chronicles 2 a shot. That's one of those things where I, I would have to sit down, and it's a Q&A. You know, get me on there and ask, okay, why are you passing on this game? You know, here's my opinion of it. Here's what I think so far. Am I near the end? Hopefully not. I hope I am nowhere close. I mean, as I mentioned to you, there's a mini game in this called Tiger Tiger, and I've spent at least five hours in that game, thankfully. Um, let, you know, I will give you my reasons of why I think you should buy it, and then you tell me what's dissuading you, and let me see what we can mediate here. You know, maybe you'll go ahead and check out a used copy of GameStop. If you don't like it, take it back in seven days. That's a shout out for advertising. And also, GameStop, they they halted their whole uh, gamer pass right now. I don't know if you've heard about it. The power play where you pay sixty bucks for yeah. six months and then you can buy a game and then bring it back and then yeah, yeah, you don't buy it. You just you rent it. You rent it and hold on to it as long as you want and then bring it back. Yeah, and essentially, I feel like if it expires and you don't bring the game back, then you bought it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that's how it was going to work out. Was you pay the sixty bucks if you never return the game, then essentially your gamer pass ends because you essentially never brought that game back. So you paid the sixty bucks for the game. Now you own it. Whereas you know it's it's a great way to get your hands on a whole lot of games if you're that kind of player that plays games casually and quick. That's what I used to do. Was run through is you could run through a game in a day, a couple days, or a week. Take it back, get a new game move on play that game move back and forth back and forth because everybody knows september to de december you're busy gaming yeah like gaming is that that is that like, time where like, gamers are like here's my list there's at least 10 on here yeah so it's like september you know it was crazy that september is always like the quiet month and then october hits it's like oh here we go guys it's like a roller coaster <laughs> and then you get to january and you're like no games just keep playing <laughs> it's it's great in the sense, because, like, the way I do it here at AOA Gaming is just that review scale is 1 to 5. But, like I said, like, there, games should be reviewed on a 1 to 5 scale, 1 to 10. Like, I tried the 1 to 10. I gave Lost Legacy a 7 out of 10. I gave Nero Tomata an 8 out of 10. And I was just like, well, I granted, my dream job is to work at IGN someday. Like, it's like, I've tried to shit on them before. Just because, like, I just felt a negative about it. But, like, I had to come back to myself and say, wait, I actually like this company. What the hell am I doing? So, like, my job is, like, my identity is to try to get there someday. 
and help them out in my own way. So the way I'm doing it instead is that like it's on an influence based scale. So it's like one to five how each game can be influential compared to the uh, traditional like five trash game or no like each game has some kind of influence in it. Like I said in my Super Mario Odyssey review is that it's a five out of five game for these reasons like X, Y, and Z. Like it's a really good introduction for kids to play Mario that haven't got the chance to. It's kid friendly because like you die but you don't actually get a game over screen but it's still an enjoyable experience if you grew up with the series because it's different like i wasn't expecting to do like what you see in new dunk city or what you see at the end of the game i didn't expect to be able to throw a cap at a t-rex it's just something different but it's not my game of the year but it's still a great five out of five game like there's no way you can knock it in that sense so, how do I go back and reassess that for other games like Horizon or like on a 5 out of 5 scale? Like, how influential is it? How, where does it fit on the meter? And I see it play like a really high. And like, like this is the next game I'm reviewing right now, Zigo Blade Chronicles 2. Like, as we all play it, it's really great because like, this is on my list from like day one. So... To finally get to play it, it's gonna—it's great. So, I was wondering what your thoughts on that would be. My thoughts on my review scale. That's all. I like the review scale in the sense that we're looking at it. We have the one to five, but it's more so. However, rather, it's more so. How much does this game influence you? How much does it influence people? Yeah. The culture of gaming itself. This—it's—it's it's got more strength to it than just saying game has pretty graphics no replayability which you see a lot of yes. reviews yeah the reviews these days there's a lot of people out there that use the same old tried and true review method and it's at this point give me some meat mm-hmm. you know it's it's like saying it's like telling somebody you're going to serve them you know wings and all you give them is bones covered in bu- buffalo sauce that's not how that works put some meat on there mm-hmm. why am i reading this granted if i read a review i'm reading it off of metacritic or ign Rarely do I touch anything like Kotaku or Game Informer. Granted, I mean, I'm a big fan of GameStop. I don't read the reviews because it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like you get the same. You're getting just a generic reason to buy or new or buy used. Like I said, like, one of my favorite parts, though, of, like, just this review thing is embargo day. Like, when the embargo lifts and you see what everybody says, you're like, oh, great. Like, this is kind of cool. Like... Like, I'm not at that point, but, like, that's where I'm building towards to be able to go, like, well, this is what I say. And like, oh, this is what Perry said. Like, this is what everybody else said. I'm like, yeah. Like, it's really cool. <laughs> I want When I see a review, I want to know not how pretty the graphics are, not why I'm waiting till next year's release of some other studio to make the same game but with a different story. I want to know, is this game worth my time? Should I play it or should I not play it? I don't want somebody... You know, to say, oh, well, it's not what I like. Well, then give me a reviewer whose specialty, and that's what I miss about the old days of Game Informer. This person specializes in this game. Cool. I will listen to you. It's like, if you put a person that only plays FPS games playing this, I will not give two shits what you review. I think I was in, I was standing in line at, uh, let's say back in October, waiting to pick up Assassin's Creed because I downloaded a Mario, so I knew that it was downloaded at home. So it was like, Someone was like, 
can you trust the IGN score 10 out of 10 for Mario? I'm like, yeah, you can trust it. And he said, why? I'm like, because they had someone that was only specialized in Xbox give it a 10 out of 10. They didn't give it someone that's part of the Nintendo channel a 10 out of 10. So obviously he's not biased in that sense. He thinks it's a 10 out of 10 regardless. And they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. There are reviewers out there <laughs> who specialize in certain genres and certain platforms and certain IPs. And they've built up a reputation of, you know, they'll tell you straight, like, I don't like this Assassin's Creed. I love this one. That one's shit. Pass on that. Pass on that. Get this one. Yeah. You're looking for that because it's it, they're not being bought out. They're giving you something on. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, well, are they getting paid to do this? I'm like, no, I, I don't think so. Like, there's that rumor that they're getting paid to say everything. But, like, the more you hear, like, Greg Miller talk or Tim Geddes, they're like, no, like, we never got paid when we were at IGN because they're part of kind of funny now. So it's like, we never got paid. I don't know where people get this rumor. <laughs> it's like, I pay bills just like you do. <laughs> what? Reviewers don't get paid. <laughs> I mean, paid off. That's what uh. I'm <laughs> They might get paid off. I don't think they do. <laughs> He's like, nah, they don't. But uh, as we wrap this down, you have any questions for me? What do you? What, what are your thoughts on this game so far? <laughs> <laughs> on Xenoblade Chronicles Two? This game. Uh, I'm looking at Godfrey right now, and he's only missing like six of these little points right here, and just one side. And <laughs> I'm just like, third slot. Let me have a third slot for my blade, and I'll have a, a DPS, a tank, and a healer on one character. And the character I'm controlling, I will control the fight. Well, I think I've texted you this, or I've said it on Twitter, Rex over Shulk. Yeah. Like, I've said it, like, since day one, Rex over Shulk. Uh, he fits my persona of what the main character of Xenoblade should look like. It's different. The Australian accents are always great. I'm really feeling it. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, like, it's really feeling it. Like, it's... There, there's your last shout out, Shulk. We're really feeling Rex here. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun because, like I said, I love JRPGs. So it's something to really dive deep into because, like, we don't know when Zelda is coming out this month. Yeah, it's it's showing up. Uh, Ballad of the Champions is showing up when they decide it shows up. Somewhere in December. Yeah, that's all so, they told us. So pretty much what I'm saying is that this has been a strong year for Nintendo. Like this is probably the best year for Nintendo probably since the SNES. In which you did you get one or no? An SNES Classic. Yeah. Considering the only game I'm missing off there really is Star Fox Two. No, I passed. It's like, do I want to put eighty bucks into it when most of it exists on the 3DS? I'll just wait for Star Fox Two. I can say that the only game I was really interested in was Earthbound, because I never played it. So I was like, oh, wait, it's on D the DS now? Oh, don't need it. Don't need it. Don't. <laughs> gotta go. Because <laughs> the Secret of Mana comes out uh, for the PlayStation 4, like, in a couple months. So I'll just grab it for there. It's like a redefined version of it, so I'll pick that up. But, like, for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, uh, it just captured me, like, straight off the bat. Like, something different. Like, there's Titans, and there's a Cloud Sea, and it's like... Like, you can sink into the cloud sea, but you don't know what's in there yet. We don't know. And then you have this whole, like, blades and drivers thing. And it's kind of confusing at first. And, like, the tutorials, 
kind of wonky. Not wonky, but they take forever. It's like... Take the time, read them. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up playing fifty plus hours of a game, and you don't. And you say you don't know what you're doing. I mean, like that's the thing, though. Like I've read every tutorial. I'm like, but am I doing this right? <laughs> it, it, it takes a little bit of practice. It's how you interpret it. You know, uh, we'll say shout out on uh, for uh, what is it? Uh, convenience of life. There we go. We'll call it that. Uh, playing this game when you auto attack. Save up your skills, build up your auto attacks by you build up an auto, you build up a special art by auto attacking. When you end an auto attack and it connects, that's when you want to hit your special skill, which is based off of X, Y, or B. And when you do that, it builds up the meter to charge up A. Well, the thing is though, with the I remember when I was doing the salvaging thing. I was like, okay. Yeah, the salvaging thing's a little tricky. <laughs> I was like, guy, I get used to my buttons again. Yep. Because, like, I was just coming off Cuphead. I was like, it said, push A. I'm like, A is here. And they're like, no, A is down here. I'm like, damn it, Nintendo. Yeah, you they've been kicking ass over. with the salvaging mini game. <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch. God damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. I've missed a lot of those. I, I can do it in the fight, but I'm just like, what? Wait, 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 what? Oh, shit. <laughs> Calling me out. Thank you, game. Calling like, me out. Like, seriously, though, but... Like I said, I think you should. I suggest you check out Cuphead if you haven't checked it out. I want to see that game on more platforms. To be honest, Switch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is like Cuphead is a Switch game. It really is a Switch game. A lot of games I feel like are going to end up on the Switch, and that's just because a lot. You know of... that Yoki Lele got announced for the Switch. Yep, that's a big <laughs> rival. They said to Mario Odyssey because they've upped it. They've repolished the game from how it was released. They've added to it. So it's supposed to be a better version of ukulele. Uh, I think as we mentioned previously in the podcast, there's about 400 plus titles. You know, the rumor that we hopefully get confirmed next week of the Dark Souls trilogy and the Xenosaga HD trilogy going to Switch. That'd be great. Let's see. see I gotta finish the Xenosaga trilogy more than anything. That trilogy in general got me in episode two. I was so into it. Then I played episode three. I was like, uh, I gotta go. Yeah, I want to see. I know we get Valkyrie Chronicles four, not profile, but Valkyrie Chronicles four is going to the Switch and PS four. That's oh. the, the watercolor one where they're in the tanks and it's the real time strategy, and if somebody dies and they're dead, kind of situation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one's coming over. Persona, not Persona. Shin Megami Tensei four is coming over. What's There's, the difference between that and Persona? Persona is they're use you know they have the personas. In Shin Megami Tensei, the main series itself, you're recruiting demons to fight with you. Mm, so it's pretty much Persona is a spiritual successor of Shin Megami Tensei. Mm, it's an off branch because you have Sh- Shin Megami Tensei starts it. There's there's a detective one. I forgot what his are. They're an off branch. They have Raido Kuzunoha. You have Digital Devil Saga, my personal favorite off branch, where you actually are the demons. Uh, yeah, your characters are marked and they become... Oh, they, wow. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's more like a JRPG. The final boss of the first disc, if you think that you, you can beat a, a final boss unprepared, she will kick your ass. Okay, okay. It's a minor spoiler <laughs> alert, but she will kick your ass. <laughs> well, uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. That, and hopefully we find out a little about Metroid, maybe. Metroid Prime 4, another thing, <laughs> bringing back a, a character we thought was going to die off in the, in the histories of gaming. We get Samus back. Yeah, but that Samus Returns, I did play it, beat it. Oh my god, that was the first, that was the first 
game of Metroid I ever played, and I enjoyed every second of it. It was something completely different, too. It was like, what the fuck is going on right now? I don't know anything. I was like, so I gotta go this way to go this way? Okay. I can't go through this area until I get the heat suit. I'm just going off what I see right now. I'm pretty sure there's a heat suit in this game. Oh, wait, there's a heat suit right there. <laughs> there's talk of a Kirby game, and, the, and we know a Yoshi game's coming Yoshi over. Island. They, uh... They got the they got the patent or whatever it is the copyright on a Super Smash Brothers website so that's a big flag up in the air. Like, like, okay, what's coming over? Yeah. Why is this here? And then there was a rumor dropped on the internet that 2018 we're going to hear something about an art, uh, a series near and dear to my heart, which is The World Ends with You, a potential sequel. Or coming over, so touching Nomura at the helm of it or what? I don't know. However. If they are making a sequel to the world's end, with, the world ends with you. A lot of people need to go and invest the time into playing it, because honestly, Kingdom Hearts cannot touch that game. Which that series might come over to the Switch, yeah. which would be great. However, if you want to know what Square Enix's real classic is outside of the Final Fantasy franchise, which everybody has their favorite Final Fantasy, that's great. It's like your favorite flavor of cereal. Their their biggest treasure, in my personal opinion, is the world ends with you. Yeah, because that's a hard to find game, and like, it's not in this room right now. But I, I do have it. It, it sold <laughs> the reason for me owning a DS. It took advantage of all the touchscreen. The characters were very relatable to. The story was absolutely wonderful. There's a lot of games are copy script, and that one is a hundred percent original. It's one of two games I could not figure out who the final boss of was. The other one being Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. So, so you're ready. Like, yeah, you're like ready. Xenoblade Chronicles 1, which I'm not trying to figure out in 2. I just want to enjoy 2. Xenoblade Chronicles 1, I figured out who one of the bosses was within like three hours just by looking at him. I'm like, really? Google, back me up. Yep, I'm right. Damn it. <laughs> I hate it. It's like a game for, It's a game within a game for me. I can figure out the boss like that. It's like, damn it. Put it down. Well, like I said, like when we look towards like when we turn towards twenty eighteen, like we look at games like, cause like this is like actually the start of JRPGs if you think about it, cause like we get Nino Kuni like in a month if you're if you like the Nino Kuni series, so it's like wow, it's Pull like that over. <laughs> Switch, Switch that would be a good Switch title too. It's just like all good God, all come over, <laughs> four hundred projects and they're all. But the thing is, though, it actually sold out more of games on Steam. Like, I don't know which game it was, but there was a game that actually sold more on the Switch than it did on Steam. So it's really good to see that Nintendo is giving everyone the capability to go over. Because, like, I want to copy Rocket League for the Switch. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> loving that. And you can play with people on the Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so why not? It's, it's really great. Do you have any other questions for me? <laughs> Just, we're, we're both sitting here waiting for 2018 now. <laughs> it's like, as a wrap down, we all agree that game of the year should be Zelda. It should be Zelda. Not because it, the other games aren't as great. It's just Zelda redefined more. Okay, okay, good. So where can we find you at, sir? <laughs> uh, I'm technically only at Twitter. Let me pull out my phone here while we have... Just a moment in between. I'll give you a Twitter handle. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. Twitter, Twitter. I'm only at Twitter any and these days anymore. That's where it's at. I feel like people our age should be on Twitter more. 
rather than yeah i just i don't facebook because it's like old school league you've got some toxicity i'm tired of it you Mm. you only have so many characters yeah to to succeed or fail in twitter so go ahead and try now it's 240 so yeah it's 240 (laughs) (laughs) yeah obviously i haven't logged in today he hasn't logged into that guy. Social, so. social media does not own me. Not anymore. Shackles on. We had that water boy in a version of where we lived, and it was like, well, I was playing this. I was playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I was like, well, I guess I'll boil some water for the dog. And once my mom's like, are you boiling water? I'm like, yeah. He said, oh, you don't need to do that. The water boy boiling the advisory's up. I'm like, oh, okay. I've been on social media all day. So, uh, I am Pika at Matorva X. On Twitter, that's where he's at, guys. Uh, Look for the Pikachu with the hat; you'll find me, or the gear, or the Rayquaza spitting watermelon seeds at Giratina. Legit. Yes, you can. And okay, this is the same as your gamer tag on uh, Nintendo. Yeah, okay. I'll either use Matorva or Matorva X. Okay, I got you. Uh, and like, this has been episode thirty of Awood Gaming. It's uh, Perry. Uh, it's been a lot of fun for you to come over and actually do this. Uh, thank you guys for all the support. Uh, you can find me on Agent Push 23 on Twitter, Xbox, not Xbox, PlayStation. Xbox is coming, though. It's coming. It's in the works. And, like, if you have the time, please leave a review. It really makes a difference in, like, how the show goes. Um, I see a lot of people that have actually been doing it, like, giving me reviews, and I'm like, oh, wow. It's uh, really cool for people that you know, like, give you, like, an idea of what your show is like. Um, I've seen people say, like, your show is great, or, like, they go in-depth. And, like, I thought I'd take the time to read one of them for, like, let's just see, like, how the show has grown. Because, like, you said, like, when you were here, it was episode 19, (laughs) It's a badass camera. <laughs> it was episode 19 where you're here. And, like, we're up to nine reviews now. And, for example, we're going to read one from uh, Snazzy Snorlax, who was on the show. He says, Perry does a great job listening to his guests and having a genuine discussion about anything and everything in regards to its influence in someone's life. The podcast never feels one-sided, and there's a nice ebb and flow between host and guest. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Snazzy. That means a lot. It's it's the end of 2017, and we're only at 30 episodes. We're already 30 episodes in, and it's like, wow, you did 30 episodes. Yeah. So, you'll be back on (laughs) as we talk more of Star Wars within the next week or so. And like I said, guys, thank you for all support, and we'll see you on the next episode of AWA Gaming in, let's say, a week or so. Because the party's just getting started. Peace, guys. Peace. <laughs>